folks to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and pay attention, because there will be spoilers. First up, I do want to apologize for potentially any background noise that comes through. I'm sitting outside today, taking advantage of the weather on my back porch. I do live relatively close to a, uh, a majorly used thoroughfare, so at times there may be some loud traffic on the other side of the house. Meanwhile, back here in the back, we might be uh, partially interrupted by some birds frolicking and whatever else is going on. Hopefully nobody will decide that today is a good day to mow their grass or something goofy like that, and I'll be able to get this in the can. But thanks. I hope your day is as nice and enjoyable so far as the weather for mine is. You can reach me at Teal Productions on Twitter. That's T-E-A-L Productions. Lords of Order has a Facebook page. The email address is the Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com and bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website where the episodes are hosted. Showcase 96 from, well, 1996. Issue 4 is the book from cover date April 1996. Uh, 96 seems to be a theme here, but yeah. Uh, there were several volumes of Showcase that were dated and ran 12 issues from uh, 93 to 96 or maybe 97. So they they bear the date of the year that they were published. Our story, Day and Night, Night and Bright, Part 1. Scripted for us by James Robinson, penciled and inked by Matt Smith. I, I don't think that's the Doctor Who Matt Smith, but I didn't really check into it. Could be. Colors by Melissa Edwards and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. Now, this has been reprinted, and the reprint reprinted. Starman Omnibus. Oh, let me get the right one here. Sorry. Starman Omnibus, uh, number two from 2008. And that volume was reprinted in 2012, again, as the Starman Omnibus. So there are two separate printings of that. The second issue, the second volume of that, however they set it up, is what contains this story from Showcase 96. Now, Starman, you would think, would be an interesting place to reprint this, considering that I'm reading it and talking about it because of the involvement of Dr. Fate. What the two have in common is the character The Shade. Uh, that's the character that uh, Dr. Fate is interacting with in this story, and it is a primary character in the Starman series that James Robinson was in the midst of when he wrote this story. Now, flipping over here, it looks like uh, around 17, 18, 19 issue number for that Robinson Starman series was where he was there, uh, really using the shade, it turns out, rather significantly, building into the shade his, his world and his backstory. Uh, I've never read Starman. Um, anything that I have just said or any cursory knowledge is from looking him up as pertains to this story. Now, I will say that there is an interesting connection also because it appears, and I spoke earlier that I was going to attempt to acquire this book and read it. Um, I have acquired it, but I haven't had an opportunity to read it. Flash Volume 1, Issue 123, The Flash of Two Worlds, I believe, was the name of that story. I, I believe I'm thinking of the same story. Well, it turns out that the shade apparently was involved in that story as well. So uh, I'm really going to have to sit down and read that soon because there's getting to be too many connections and too many circles within a circle for mere coincidence. You know, all these things are happening as I'm reading and researching and, and things things start repeating and, and whatnot. So uh, I'm going to need to start looking into that to see 
what that really turns out to be. So we'll see. But this story for us, we open uh, with the Shade, who I believe his alter ego's name is Richard Swift, is sitting in the study, presumably of his house, uh, retrospecting upon himself as he is remembering an encounter with the Flash, uh, Barry Allen. And in the midst of that battle, up comes the Flash, Jay Garrick. Uh, so the Shade is battling the two of them. And they're, it, it's not one of the more vicious kind of battles that I have seen uh, between heroes and villains. The Shade here, at least, seems much more laid back, perhaps a lot more st uh, still introspective or retrospective. I guess in this case it would be introspective. Uh, as far as himself and his powers, he's trying to almost philosophize the flashes, but in the midst of this he disappears, surprisingly to both the flashes, because they didn't really think he had that power, but also to the shade himself, which tells us, of course, immediately that something else is going on. As he is sitting somewhere, having been spirited away, a bright light suddenly shines upon him, illuminating him, and we see that the light is coming from, or is being created by, or both, uh, Dr. Fate, Kent Nelson, still wearing the full helm, and he has come to the Shade basically asking, to, to ask, rather, the Shade for help. Uh, we do see in their conversation that the Shade, who has some knowledge of Dr. Fate, brings up the relationship between Kent Nelson and Nabu, helmet on, helmet off. And Kent Nelson tells him, which for us, I suppose, would explain why he has gone back to the full helm, but the influence of Nabu over the past few months, he says, has been lessened such that any time he wears the helm, it is him. It is not Nabu working through him, which had been the case um, from the very beginning, and one of the reasons why he went to the half-helm, because that allowed him, Kent Nelson, to reassert control and use Nabu more in an advisory capacity rather than a here-work-through-me-physically capacity, which is initially how Nabu worked and actually what Nabu wanted, because he was a spirit. He wanted to be able to still live on Earth and found that being able to inhabit a body was, at that time, as close as he could get. But all of that has been reduced to where now, as we are reading this, although this is a, um, this should be kind of a back, not, not a flashback, back flash, wow, sorry, flashback, but a modern telling of a story that occurred previously in time, as far as the chronology of the character. Because this, written in 1996, fits back into time frames involving approximately 19, like, 63, 65. So, uh, as far as the actual Dr. Fate's chronology, if, if all of that makes sense, I hope I explained that well enough. But it seems that uh, someone has taken up residence in Salem that Kent uh, doesn't feel, because of the nature of, of their powers, that he is truly equipped to to easily discourage them from doing what they're doing. He could uh, be the hammer, right, to the nail that is the offender, but he would rather, because it is so close to where he is and where he lives, and there are, quote-unquote, innocent people involved, unknowing people involved, at least, um, so he would rather be more finesse rather than being the hammer. And he feels that the shade 
will be able to allow him to better, uh, more smoothly defeat these people that have come into Salem because the leader of this group is bearing and using powers very similar to the Shade. And after a little discourse here between the Shade and Dr. Faint, Dr. Fate, excuse me, who um, has now taken off his helmet to be more personable with the Shade. The Shade is just a dude dressed in some really cool clothes from back in the day, Victorian England, I think. And that may be, um, I apologize for not, you know, researching everything, but I believe that may be where his origin lies, is in Victorian England. So he still dresses uh, much in that way. It definitely makes him stand out nowadays, you know, to see him walking around. But um, so he, he just looks like dude and to help um, the conversation, but also for Kent Nelson to show that, hey, you know, I'm not here to, to, to get into it. I'm just here to talk and, and hopefully, and we find out, ask for your help. So he takes his helmet off. Um, the shade also lays out a pretty, a pretty solid story showing that he understands the origin and nature of Kent Nelson slash Dr. Fate as well. So somehow, somewhere along the way, he has done the research, he has been told, whatever. But he knew that behind the mask was Kent Nelson anyways. So he was like, you know, dog, if we're going to talk, just go ahead and take that thing off. Because I know Kent Nelson, you know, Nabu, archaeologist. And either on his own or because of that, Nelson went ahead and, and pulled off the helm. So they're talking truly uh, mono e mono here. And to signify that, the cool thing is that the word bubbles for Kent Nelson are just word bubbles. Anytime, and this occurs on and off everywhere, but anytime he speaks as Dr. Fate, the word bubbles are outlined by something to show either that there's a difference in his voice or that it is truly Dr. Fate talking or, you know, to give us some indication that it's fate. In this case, it would have to be that the helmet kind of alters his voice because, as we found out, Nabu is not the one talking through Kent Nelson, which also would, would could be alluded to by, uh, you know, funky outline around the text bubbles for speaking as well. Here, I interpreted just as the fact that he's much like I'm doing now, changing, you know, talking from behind a helm. It, it changes the quality of your voice, and that's just being illustrated here. So the individual, um, the shade names as Culp, C-U-L-P, as in Robert, although it's not Robert Culp, who they say, and I, in, in just doing some cursory research on the shade, I didn't see this connection, but in much the uh, situation that gave the shade his powers slash abilities, Culp was involved in that and gained the same. So after talking What's going to happen is that the Shade is going to be there and he, using his powers, are is going to distract or withhold from the group there in Salem to prove a distraction, but also to weaken their uh, darkness shadow-based magic to allow Dr. Fate to then come in and apply more finesse and less hammer and def defeat uh, the, the bad guy Culp, which I, I'm not sure how that's going to be accomplished per se, but persuade these people to do what they're doing somewhere else. Uh, it, it seems as though Dr. Fate doesn't believe that these people are evil or bad or villains or anything like that, but they're just, they're there 
they're drawing attention because they're manipulating these shadows that the shade is a part of. And Dr. Fate just is not cool with any of that. So he wants all of it to kind of go away. We break. Um, and then at the end of the story, the final page, yeah, the final page of the story, we see that they have arrived at the uh, home base of this, this cult. Now, what they're doing is uh, apparently something involving 104 souls, which disappeared and could not be found by heaven or hell, were used to give the Shade his powers or, you know, they were sacrificed, something. I, I'm, I'm not honestly too, too clear on what that, ha what, what that means. But the point being that what this group is doing is they're trying to replicate that, only instead of, uh, of consuming using 104 souls, they have established a radio station and they send out regular broadcasts. While they are broadcasting, they're taking small pieces of the souls from each of their listeners. And so rather than 104 entire souls being used for this spell, it'll be bits and pieces of thousands or hundreds of thousands of souls to build up the necessary soulic energy to uh, power this this spell. Now, the thing of interest is the people mulling around kind of like a security at this radio station uh, seem to be human, two arms and two legs, but they appear to me to have owl heads on. Now, the artwork for the reprint that I'm using is kind of dark from Matt Smith. The inks are dark. Um, I haven't been able to find the actual book to see if it was intended or if it's a product of the reprint, which happens a lot, uh, the reprint. Either it's that real shiny, bright kind of reprint, or it, the reprint seems to darken. There doesn't seem to be a balance in between uh, m my experience, anyways, of reprints. So, But I believe that's what I'm seeing, is that they look very owl-like. I can't tell if they're a mask or if it's the actual heads, but there's five of them here in uniforms, uh, rather World War II remembrance, reflective kind of uniforms, they seem to me like mulling around with uh, automatic weapons here to, to protect the ground. So that is what the Shade and Dr. Fate are going to go up against. Next issue, which is what I will be talking about, that is Showcase 96 number 5 from 1996. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything for this episode. Uh, I, again, I mean, I, I feel a little bad about not digging a little deeper into the Shade and but unfortunately, there are many uh, rabbit holes that I just try not to go down because knowing me and my personality, it will be quite a while before I emerge from those rabbit holes. So I just try to do enough just to be on a level plane and move forward. Those of you listening that want to send me feedback and bring me up to speed on the shade, uh, the Flash of Two Worlds story where the shade was in it, or anything that I've mentioned that I didn't flesh out to, um, to your satisfaction... Let me know, and the next episode I'll be more than happy to, to bring up my lacking and, again, allow you to be my sensei uh, for that issue and put it out over the air. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Talk to you guys next time. Ciao.